Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. It's Doug Cunnington here, and in this episode, I'm going to answer a couple questions. One is a voicemail from Heather, much appreciated for sending in a concise and uh, pretty good question. It's a little, it's kind of a tough one here. So I'll give my opinions. And then Ivan wrote in with an email question about the keyword golden ratio. It's a fairly basic question, but you know, I have seen people, especially on YouTube, where you know they're asking questions which, to me, seem uh, you know basic or obvious, but that is an issue that uh, people have when they're either experts or they know a lot about a subject. And I realize I have a blind spot on that. The thing is, we like sort of internalize things that we're like really good at. Everyone has these sort of things where, um, you know you're just so deep into it that you just think in a certain way and you, you know, you're an expert. So it's kind of hard to go back to the beginning. So we're going to cover Ivan's question as well. Now, before I get into the questions, I'm going to talk about uh, a book that I'm reading. So I really enjoy Scott Adams books and you may remember Scott Adams. You may know him from his Dilbert cartoon. So I was a big fan of Dilbert even before I joined the corporate world. And that's kind of funny. Like I remember when I bought my, like one of my first computers uh, for college, actually it was the first computer that I got for college um, when I was, you know, spending a shitload of money (laughs) to to buy stuff to go to Georgia Tech there. I bought a computer and I think my class was like the first class where they required all the incoming freshmen to have computers. So yeah, I'm about 40, you know, some of the younger folks out there are like, man, like they didn't even require people to have computers before that. That's true. Yeah. So there, there was a time where that was pretty rare. Um, and yeah, before my class, they did not have to have a computer. Like you could operate without a computer. It was crazy. Um, so anyway, I remember I got a computer and the mouse pad that I got was a, um, Dilbert cartoon. And if you remember, I may have to look this up. You could look it up on your own, but it was like, um, the boss, like the pointy headed boss, had um, an Etch-a-Sketch and he was like shaking the Etch-a-Sketch. I don't remember the punchline exactly. Now that I'm saying this out loud, I realize like it's really hard to explain the humor of a cartoon through just your words, especially when you don't have the cartoon in front of you. So I w- I'll put a link in the show notes so everyone can enjoy that. But uh, I liked I liked Dilbert way back in the day, even before I worked in an office or had to sit in a cubicle or anything like that. So the reason why I brought it up is uh, Scott Adams has a new book out and I actually, I I rarely pre-order the last, I I pre-ordered a couple things this year and one of them was the Black Crows memoirs, which I mentioned in a previous episode, but I also pre-ordered this new book called Loser Think how untrained brains are ruining America. So Scott Adams, again, I I appreciate his writing style. It's like simple. It is straightforward and easy to understand. And it has, as you can imagine, some humor baked into it. And it's sort of, it's my style of dry humor, um, sort of inside humor, that sort of stuff. So I'll read a short little description, not the whole thing here, but um, I'll, I'll let you know what this book is about. 
So from the creator of Dilbert, this is the about this book section from the creator of Dilbert and author of when Bigley, a guide to spotting and avoiding loser think, um, sneaky mental habits. This is what loser think is sneaky mental habits, trapping victims in their own bubbles of reality. So another way to put it is he's talking about like biases, right? So we're thinking about things in a certain way, but chances are we're looking at it wrong. Further, again, from the about this book section, if you've been on social media lately or turned on your TV, you may have noticed a lot of dumb ideas floating around. These are in quotes, little examples. We know when history will repeat and when it won't. Point two, we can tell the difference between evidence and coincidences. And the last one here, the simplest explanation is usually right. And uh, wrong, wrong, and dangerous is what the uh, sort of retort is to that. So I'll just read one more little section here. If we're not careful, loser think would have us believe that every Trump supporter is a bigoted racist. Uh, addicts should be responsible for fixing the opioid, opioid epidemic. Easy, easy for me to say. And that your relationship fell apart simply because you chewed with your mouth open. So I didn't realize that was what was in that paragraph and I would struggle reading it. But anyway, the point is I am really enjoying the book. I'm only about one third of the way through. It just came out um, in the last week or so, at least at the time that I'm recording this. And um, like I said, it's it's a pretty easy read. And I've read a few of Scott Adams' books, which they're they're super interesting because they are practical. It's like part memoir, part um, advice, um, a decent amount of humor in there, and humor that I you know personally enjoy. I suspect if you're listening to this, you probably enjoy that sort of humor as well. It's not like a, a huge riot, but you know, I smirk uh, quite a bit when I'm reading these books. Okay, so with all that said, let's um, let's answer Ivan's question first. So Ivan, like I mentioned, asked about the keyword golden ratio. And the keyword golden ratio is a data-driven way to find keywords out there. It's a little manual. You got to do it in a manual way, but all in title, you take the all in title number of results and you divide it by the local monthly search volume. So Ivan asked this, what if the search volume is smaller than the all in title? So for example, if the all in title results are 450 and the search volume is 30, you would end up with 15. So 450 divided by 30 is 15. And he's thinking, well, that, that seems weird. Like we want the ratio to be, you know, under one and ideally under 0.25. So Ivan says, can I just flip it over? Can I just flip it over so that we're saying 30 divided by 450? And s- simply the answer is no. Um, you calculated 15 and that's the, like, you can't just flip a formula over and get the reciprocal. Like that's not, that doesn't mean anything. You just flip the formula over. So like I said, I I thought this question, like, like it's a formula. You can't just change the formula because you don't like the result that you got, which, I mean, I stand behind that. You you can't just change formulas um, because you don't like them. So yeah, you can't flip it, Ivan. You you found a keyword that has a lot more uh, competition and results out there. Now, 
it doesn't mean you shouldn't go after it or you can't go after it or anything like that. By the way, I've never said, hey, you have to only publish keyword golden ratio content. Occasionally people have that impression. They're like, oh, Doug, you'd be upset. I'm doing some key, keyword golden ratio, but some others, it's just uh, you know keywords that I think I should go after, which is actually exactly what you should be doing. So the keyword golden ratio is a tool to use, um, to experiment with, check it out. Um, if you've consistently had trouble getting traffic on your site or you need like an injection of traffic and you're trying to, you know, gain some momentum and publish content that you are confident is going to rank, check out the keyword golden ratio. But it's not like a, it's not a lifestyle or, or anything like that. I'm not like dogmatic about it or anything. If you want to check it out, you can. A lot of people find success with it. Other people say it's horseshit, right? Um, and that's fine. That's okay if people don't like it. Um, if people are talking about it one way or another, that's good for me. So even if people are saying that it's not going to work, um, they are spending time talking about me. And uh, from where I sit, that means I win. So, all right, Ivan, you can't change the formula. You just got to stick with it. You can't divide or take the reciprocal or you know anything like that. So let's get to Heather's question here. And uh, let me pull that up. It'll take just a second. Hi, Doug. This is Heather um, from the United States, and I really enjoy your podcast and your YouTube channel. Um, I'll try to keep this brief. I started a niche site in 2014, um, and I only put like a few articles on, and one was an FAQ page. Um, and then I just left that site for several years, and um, then I started writing a few more articles in 2018. Um, and then, um, so the FAQ page is my problem because I'm ranking for pretty much all the keywords in my niche with that page, but they're all like on the like the bottom of page one or like farther down in Google. And so I try to go back and increase my rankings by like adding more content to each question. Um, so they my original answers were like a few sentences and I added like a few paragraphs. Um, and that didn't seem to bring them up in the rankings. So now I'm like want I'm thinking I need to create separate articles, but I'm afraid of keyword cannibalization. So I don't know how I should approach that. Should I delete all those questions off that page? Or that page has like a lot of age now and some backlinks. So I don't know if I should just delete the questions and the keywords off that page or if I should like leave short sentences with uh, like a very short answer to the FAQs and then like a link to the new articles that I create. I just really am like so confused how I should approach this. Um, so I would love to hear your opinion. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Great question there, Heather. Um, you, you're making me think about it here. And the cool part is, um, at least for me, is there's no like set strategy on like exactly what to do here. You're bringing up a lot of great points and I'll just define a couple for people that maybe are unfamiliar. So you mentioned keyword cannibalization and that's basically where like you have multiple pieces of content on your site that potentially are ranking for a keyword. And oftentimes what will happen is let's say you have two pieces of content and they kind of cover the same topic. 
they will both rank, but they'll both rank further back than one of them individually should rank. So for example, just to be specific, you may have two posts that are ranking in position eight and then the other one say 14 or something like that. And um, if you would just delete one of those and then redirect like 301 redirect the one that you deleted to the one that is now the sole um, piece of content that's covering that content, it will probably move up. Sometimes it'll move up to like, um, you know, the top of page one, that sort of thing. Or you may be ranking, you know, 17 and 18 for those two pieces of content. And if you would just get rid of one, Google would see, oh, the, this one is the one that should rank and it'll, you know, move up quite a bit, potentially, you know, top of page one. So in this case, just to run it down again, Heather has a site. It's been around for a few years. There's a a few articles. There's an FAQ page that she's ranking for basically in, in the bottom half of page one. So I've, I've actually had this happen. And what I would recommend is kind of what you were explaining. So most likely I would create like a page I would potentially move it over from a post to a page if it's not already that way. And I would have a sort of a navigational point on the page, um, probably the the same URL that, that you have there so that you could take advantage of the links and the age and all that stuff. And then I would you know, create the silo. So you have that page and then you, you would answer those questions um, on child pages, right? So it's a page underneath uh, the hierarchy of that. We'll just call it the FAQ page. On the FAQ page, where they're all sort of interlinked, um, you potentially want to want to put a little bit more content on that FAQ like main page to sort of, I guess, explain the main overview there and just set it up that way. The thing is, you can well. Before, before I go on, you can look at uh, nichesiteproject.com slash FAQ and see how I've organized things there. Um, you'll notice that there's a lot of content on that page. Most of them are questions. And then the question uh, you know, is the anchor text and hyperlink to the page, the child page that answers that question. Sometimes it's a post, um, but most of the time, it's a page. So you end up with, you know, a pretty good hierarchy and it's pretty clear like what the topic is because it's a child page of the parent. So that said, I would go that route first. And if you are doing that, you probably should be okay for the keyword cannibalization because you're providing sort of like a table of contents um, or a directory of questions, the FAQs there, and you're sending people in the right direction. The the big thing is you're going to have to take some big action, um, not a minor tweak. Um, you're going to have to do something big and then see what kind of data you get in the search console and in analytics. Um, so that's data only you have. And again, if you're taking some big action, you'll probably see um, either things are going to be really good or things are going to be bad. It sounds like I mean, this is what happened for Niche Site Project in in a couple 
uh, situations where I tried to have like really long form content. It, it would rank for a lot of keywords, but it didn't rank that well. However, when I separated it out, then each of the pieces of content would help solve the problem for a specific type of visitor, which is good, right? It was serving that visitor, solving their problem versus like more of a watered down general solution. So uh, I think you're on the right track. Um, you're watching out for cannibalization, but the, the big thing here is you're going to have to like take some drastic measure and then see what happens. Basically, you're making it easier to navigate that content. So that's going to be a good thing from a user experience standpoint which is exactly what I observed for Niche Site Project. So I've tried to take a lot of my content from Niche Site Project out of like posts and turn them into pages. By the way, there's a plugin out there that very easily converts a page to a post or vice versa or other content types. It's a plugin that I use um, fairly often when I'm doing these activities and I know I always complain about plugins, but this one's actually pretty convenient and I activate it and deactivate it based on whether I'm using it or not. So it's not just sitting there running all the time. I don't think it would impact the actual like speed of the site, but when I'm using WordPress as an admin, it does slow down like those sort of plugins that are on the back end. It does slow down the admin activities, which is my time. <laughs> so that's why I deactivate it when I'm not using it. So big summary here, you're going to have to do some stuff. I think reorganizing the content, publishing them on separate pages so that they stand alone is a good thing. Preserve that uh, main FAQ page that's already ranking and it has links going to it that's good. That's fine. Um, treat that as sort of a navigational point, probably put a little, um, you know, copy on there to introduce people uh, on what they're seeing there. And then they can go find more answers to their specific questions if they follow those links. And by putting a little content there, I mean, obviously it helps the user experience so people know what's going on, but I wouldn't say that you I don't think you need to have like, you know, 800 words or 1800 words or anything like that. You could probably put, you know, 200, 300 words, let people know why um, you set up that page and then they can get more information further. You're going to have people clicking through on your site, potentially, you know, looking at some of the other posts that are related to it, which those are all good things from a Google standpoint uh, for your rankings and just user interaction on your site. So I, I think that's the route to go. Heather, please uh, let me know the results that you get from it because again, I don't do this uh, super often, but usually, like I said, taking a, a big drastic measure, big action versus like a little tweak, um, you're gonna get some results and you'll be able to adjust from there. It's really hard to tell like if something worked or not if you're just changing like um, a tiny little thing. So let me know how it goes. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to talk about some of my uh, like back end of the business here. So Nathan sent this question in and uh, he mentioned, hey, Doug, since you're a PMP, probably uh, you really emphasize processes and procedures. And I'm interested in the back end of the business. How do you use uh, like filing systems? I guess 
maybe I'm, I'm cherry picking that specifically, but like, how do I keep track of shit? You know, I think that's what Nathan is asking. How do I keep track of the books, um, income expenses? How do I keep it up to date? Um, dealing with different affiliate partners out there and just the different streams of income that are coming in, which I, I should probably list them all <laughs> out at some point. I, I imagine people would find it interesting, but yeah, there's like my courses that I have. Um, there are multiple affiliate sites. I have niche site project and I have affiliates for various products. Like for example, the Hoth or, or services like the Hoth, a tool like Link Whisper. I'm an affiliate for different hosting companies. I really like SiteGround right now. And yeah, there's a lot of like moving pieces and there are obviously multiple areas of expenses and income and like just keeping track of it. So if you have questions on on specifics or anything, please shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. And by the way, if you want to leave a voicemail like Heather did, I really appreciate it. I think it adds some some flavor to the the show. It takes a little uh, of the heavy lifting away from me. And I mean, you get a shout out, which is pretty cool. There's a voicemail number in the show notes. And typically when I, I mean, it's a, it's a Google voice number, so I, I don't answer or pick up. It's not like my primary phone. However, whenever people send me a message, um, I, I shoot them a text back so I can send text that way. And I'm just like, Hey, I mean, it's not an open door policy to like send me a bunch of text or whatever, but I, I do appreciate it. It's a little extra interaction and, um, yeah, I, I like the voicemail. It's pretty cool. So if you want to ask questions about the back end of the business or some totally different topics, that is, that is awesome. You could also shoot an email feedback at Doug.show. So thanks a lot, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here at my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it and I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.